Welcome to Leather World Podcast. My name is Arkon Belvich, and today I would like to say thank you to all of my listeners, including the one person who is somehow in Germany. <laughs> I don't know who you are, I don't know why you're listening, but thank you. Um, to every single one of my listeners, whether you're people I actually know or people who just heard about me from other people, thank you for listening. It is important that I state that because it's important to me that everybody knows that I am appreciative of the fact that you listen. We're all appreciative. All right. Now, today we're going to do a little bit something different. Today we're going to be talking, actually going into the segment of Know the Layers. So we're going to focus down on a single country on the overworld. And with that single country's focus, we're going to have my players ask questions so we can talk about them and get a little bit more understanding about those specific areas. So... Without further ado, I'm going to ask my players, which country do you guys want to talk about today? I was thinking Omog because we've been on that topic for a while. Because that way uh, we get more insight about it. What about you, Maria? You like the idea of talking about Omog? It doesn't matter to me. I don't see either Omog or Yeah, one of the two. So, or do both. You, so, if we're going to talk about Omog today, which I'm completely fine with, Omog is the country of sacred beasts, minor divinities, and. Where it's also known as the land of gods, due to the fact that that's where a lot of divine creatures reign. Um, each one of the areas is seg- uh, Omaga is separated into smaller areas known as city states. Each one of those city states is designed to have mercenaries as their main guard, because the people of Omaga are very defensive of their own culture. Yeah. But at the same time, they also go out and about and make sure that when they're hired out, they don't fight each other. So. If two countries hired mercenaries from Omog and decided that they were going to go and fight each other, the mercenaries of Omog would march toward each other, sit down and drink tea instead of fighting, and go to the person who's won. Because their own actual code of laws states that if you are hired out by two opposing forces, Omogians do not fight Omogians. Unless it's in a personal duel and for personal reasons not to do with the war. Oh, okay. So... If you're willing to talk about Omog, I'm willing to accept questions. Okay, so what kind of divine beasts are we talking about? Well, there are hundreds of divine beasts. So each city-state usually has its own protector deity, Yeah. which is um, a minor divine being, usually a sacred beast or a divine beast. Um, of those types, I would say 90% of them are of either fox or uh, canine descent. The other 10% are split between feline and other. And other could be anything from a weasel to a mouse to a sacred ox. It depends. But each one of the divine beasts is able to speak. It does have divine power. It can give out tokens, though. They rarely do that because they're minor divinity. And they're not really gods. They're seen as the gods of the land because they exist and they wander the lands and they make the lands better. They protect against outside evil forces and they do protect against evil spirits. Okay. Any more questions, guys? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, like, I, I zoned out after you, you said something about them being, like, uh, the place of gods. Yeah, they're known as the land of gods. Is that, like, where they quote-unquote reside? Well, that's where the sacred beasts reside. It's because they have the highest amount of divinity per capita. So you're saying that's where most of the gods came from? Or? Well, no. Uh, actually, only like two gods actually came from there. Um, and one of those gods no longer exists, and the other one is the goddess of peace. Well, which one does, doesn't exist anymore? One of the gods that was killed in the last god war. Oh. 
and that was when Truth was in a ragey mode and decided to destroy everybody because they didn't listen to his, hey, stop using divinity as a tool instead of using your power to help divinity, uh, help legit. mortality. Yeah. So they didn't listen to mortal. They didn't listen to Truth, and Truth said, well, fuck it, I'm going to wreck you all then. <laughs> and he put them out of their misery in the same way that most people go, well, the God of War, if he comes down, he's going to smite you. Well, if the God of War and Truth fought, they they, well, Truth would win. Yeah. He's wiped out entire pantheons, so he that god no longer exists. But he was at the time known as uh, God of Fire and Thunder. He literally was also known as the Stormcaller. But his name has since been erased from history. The only one who will remember him is Arya, and she knows better than to talk about him. Because belief in a god can help resurrect a god, and that can cause a lot of issues. Because again, those gods were trying to use mortality like mortal beings as a way to fight wars against each other instead of using their power to help mortals so if we just so happened to find out who he was we would be able to resurrect him well if you could get him to have enough believers yeah because divinity is that's how divinity works so figurative speaking how many would that be an entire country's worth so if you Alright, so let's put it this way. So if we made up a god in our own head and had many people to believe it, nope. then that, no? It so has to be a current and a... It has to be something that actually existed. One. It has to be someone who has had divinity in the past. Okay, so you can't just magically... Yeah, you can't just create a de deity. Though the followers are trying. The followers of the New Star are trying to do that. But does that answer your question about God? Why it's yeah. called the Land of Gods? Yeah. Um, are there any other, like, creatures that are there other than, like, Force of Mons that you mentioned already? Well, the Yeah, there are a lot of different little creatures. Um, there are some monsters, though most of the monsters have been hunted out of Omog because of the sacred beasts. Um, there are divine... The, the divine beasts are the ones who rule over. The sacred beasts work for the divine beasts. And you can actually get sacred beasts that work with humans a lot of the time. I'm pretty sure that someone in your party has a sacred beast. Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. That bunny. <laughs> now, what are the people like? Uh, Omog is one of the few places where it's more honor above anything else. Um, they would rather die than dishonor themselves or their family. It's very much how Japan is in our world. Yeah. Like, back in the day, like, if you go back to, like, uh, Traditions and stuff. Well, if you go back to, uh... Um, ancestors, that's what Yeah, I'm the thinking. ancestral periods where, like, Japanese samurai, uh, a lot of the mercenaries very much follow a similar code of conduct to Japanese samurai back in the day. Um, they would rather die than dishonor themselves, but they also understand that they are not really, like... A military. So it's kind of like the uh, demonkin with their their code, I was right? Say. No, actually. So there are laws in Omog. Um, each leader of the city states comes together in a council of the city states and decides laws for their land. Um, each city state also has minor laws that have changed for their state than others. Like each area will have a different tax level. Each area will have a slightly different. Um, level of militia or military but usually the laws are pretty much the same like you're not allowed to commit murder you're not allowed to commit theft and the punishments in omog are very very strict very 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 ruthless too because in omog if you're showing that level of disrespect to the person without any re means to showing like going back and showing them that respect you don't deserve your hands you don't deserve your life um 
they have actually taken people's hands for the minor theft of stealing an apple. But here's the thing. If you steal an apple and it's because you're homeless and you're hungry, it is the duty of the person who stole you took it from to turn a blind eye. Because you're hungry and you're homeless and you need help. But at the same time, if you're a rich man and you just grab an apple and you walk away with it, that's the crime of theft. Mm. So out of necessity, it's different than out of because I want it. Um, but yeah, the laws there are very strict and ruthless. And invading forces have found that the people, like the citizens, are more dangerous than their own military is because it's the country of mercenaries. Yeah, they're militia and military personnel on OMOG, but the main power of OMOG comes from the fact that over 70% of its citizens are militarily trained as mercenaries and militiamen. So they will come out, like, if you come in and you invade and then you start breaking the rules, they will show you why you should follow the rules of OMOG, not why they should follow yours. Mm. Any other questions? How about you, Maria? Um, I was just going to ask if that's where, like, my bunny originated from. So you have an Arslan bunny. Uh, Arslan bunnies are actually native to a northern region of Farstead. So, Arslan bunnies actually take over a mountain range. They have an entire mountain to themselves. Uh, it's very rare to find um, what you would, what you hatched, which was a sacred stone, which is what an Arslan bunny comes out of. But Arslan bunnies are usually not friendly toward humans um, because they live in the country of human supremacy, where they, where humans believe, hey. I'm more superior to this crappy little sacred beast. I'll try to take it over. Well, Arslan bunnies are from Farstead, to answer your question, not from Omog. Now, in Omog, are mostly Vespids? Because you were talking about mercenaries and stuff. I know Vespids are big in mercenary work. Um, no, actually. Omog is a primarily Argeal place. Primarily, it's Argelians and it is uh, humans. The largest largest race on the overworld is human but omog is a strange place in the fact that 90 percent of the populace there is argel um there are humans and argel and humans do get along really well but uh and that's counting like permanent populace mm -hmm. and if you go further back you'll find out that the very first ruler was one of the descended angels before they lost their powers on omog so that's where I Argel kind of rule over that area and show that hey we're superior here. Now what? Anything to add? I've been asking know, all the I questions. Mean, I guess like other other than like rules like kind of asked what uh, Brandon you asked when we were talking about uh, <clears throat> there's layers like do they have like other customs that they do like quote-unquote holidays yes actually so omong celebrates the day of the lady which is um a homage to the lady of shades who runs kaikiri um omong celebrates every different harvest moon because that's where they gain their food they show prosperity mm -hmm. um each minor city state has a different holiday celebrating their sacred i mean their divine beast that watches over their territory it all depends, but each holiday is a little bit different in what, depending on which territory you're in. 
Like, for instance, if you were in the northern side of Omog, most of the people there, when they do a harvest festival, they create um, an uncooked dough that is then flattened out, pounded dry on stones, salted, and then thrown into the ocean. Because it's their protectors in the north are usually sea creatures. So doing that is to show, hey, we show homage. And these, these uh, doughs that are flattened and dried in that way are usually shaped like people to show the people are with you. Oh, okay. Um, in the, but toward the southern side where it's closer to the actual mainland um, on Omog, most of the protectors there are inland creatures, so they do an entire like festival of harvesting and showing like homage to the plants. Um, in one specific area, it's run by a sacred fox, and she is known as the the wheat dancer because she's a goddess. Uh, well, she's a divine beast of harvest. So she goes around. She dances among the wheat, the grain, to make it grow better. And then, when it's time to celebrate her, the group, like their entire families, will go and do the same. <clears throat> To show we also dance with you. Okay. So what's uh, what's Omog like? Like the surroundings or the uh, uh, area? The, landscape. the climate and the landscape. Yeah. Well, Omog is an island. It has several different regions. It has some a very small mountain range on it. It has lush forests. Um, but most of Omog is a plain or a beach. Very much either... Really nice beach or very wide plains. Um, even in the northern areas where it would normally, you'd normally think, oh, it'll be a lot colder here. Yeah. It's not that much colder because the sacred beasts defend against that because the colder it is, the more likely the people are going to get sick. Which is, again, one of the reasons why people call it the place of gods because the weather's never uncomfortable. Kind of like uh, the Feylands then. Well, so yes, and Where there's is a consistency, but in Omog, it's not as consistent. Yeah. yeah. It, it, one is because of creation. One is because the gods protect it. They're yeah. divinity beasts protect it. But so, so like the uh, sacred beasts, like for example, the Arzlani is like kind of like Arslan. Arslan, sorry, uh, is like a, a ice bunny. Do the other ones have like elemental traits? Some. So the thing about divine creatures over sacred creatures is divine creatures don't really have an elemental affinity. But when it comes to sacred creatures, the reason that they're sacred is because they have not just, like, so any creature can be born born of an element. Any human race, any um, normal beast. You could find a moose that's tied to the uh, water and be able to swim and hold its breath forever. You can find a war horse, as you remember from my last game, that was bound to fire. Yeah. But sacred beasts are always tied to the same element. They never change. And sacred beasts are always more intelligent than their counterparts. So, for, let's say, Arslan bunnies, they're tied to the elements of darkness and ice. They are, And it's because of the area in which they live. Mount Arzla is in a small crevice in the middle of the shadows of other mountain range. So, it's always shrouded in darkness, and it's always cold. So, bound, so them being there slowly bound their souls to the powers of darkness and ice. Um, most sacred beasts are tied to an element, 
but it depends on what kind of sacred beast it is. Depends on what kind of element it is. But there are some very rare ones that are bound to no element and yet have the ability to use all elements. That's kind of dope. Yeah, that's cool. Those ones, though, are so incredibly rare and so incredibly dangerous that most people try to avoid them. Because when they get, when they're like that, they either understand, hey, I'm supposed to be a balancing force, or they get arrogant and think that they're better than everything and try to show that they're better than everything. Any other questions? Yeah, so uh, what are some places you should never go on in Omog? So there's actually a couple of different caves in Omog that are homes to divine beasts that slumber. So these slumbering beasts are known as the four great protectors. There's one in the north, east, south, and west. And these things only wake up when their territories are threatened in a way that could wreck wreak havoc across their land. So we just accidentally just stumble upon it, you know. You would know because they're guarded. These sacred beasts are so, like, these divine beasts, I should say, are so powerful that other divine beasts send their guardians to go and watch over them to make sure they're fed, they're watered, they're nurtured, they're taken care of. Because when they wake up, they can shake the world. Um, one of them has the power over Earth and literally can reshape the island how he sees fit. One of them has the power of the water and can change the ocean to be how it wants it to be. One has the dominion over fire and can literally cause just random fires to erupt for the world over. And the last one has a domain over wind and the winds of the south, when she wakes up, she can literally blow ships over from any distance across the world. These creatures are near as as near to gods as divine beasts get, real gods. The only difference is they refuse to do the impossible tasks given them by truth because they don't want the responsibilities of godhood. Mm-hmm. So I'm going... Do they have these divine beasts? Do they have, like, specific sizes to them? The f- like, are you talking about all of them, or are you talking about those four? Those. All of them, just yeah. in general. Could they, like, be the size of mountains, the size of, like... So, a divine, yeah. divine beasts have the ability to shapeshift. Most divine beasts. So they so, could be, like, any race they want to. Yeah, like. they could look complete... They could look like humans. They could look like Vespa. They could look however they want. The only difference is, when they change... Some aspect of them has to remain. So, <gasps> kind of like a ditto with its yeah. eyes. <laughs> so, if a per, so say a, how to put it? So, say they shape shifted into a human. Say a giant bird creature shape shifted into a human. It would have feathers. Feathers, of hair. yeah. I was just or it would have, yeah. a, or it would have its um, eyes if it's a predator, or it would have talons or, or, beak, or... some some aspect of them remains. Okay. So it would be, if you can pick them out, it would be kind of obvious that they're not. Um, yeah. But at the same time, a lot of them also have the ability to use rune magic as a way to cast illusions to make it so they seem, even those parts of them mm-hmm. seem normal. They only really show their real, like their true selves when absolutely necessary. But to answer your question, no, there's no specific size. Okay. Because they can change size, but they never are able to go bigger than what they actually are. So they can't go from, if, say, it's a giant tortoise, say it's, like, 30 feet wide and can only stand about 8 feet tall, it can never go bigger than that because that's its dom- its, it's, its, its, its actual size. Yeah. So 
Okay. How big are the uh, the four? The four great beasts. Yeah. Um, huge. Uh, one of them is said to be the last living dragon. And I'm talking about the last living, fire-breathing, giant lizard. He hasn't woken up in a long time, and he's the one with the domain over fire. So, mm -hmm. it's probably a good thing he hasn't woken up, because waking him up is probably a great way to cause the world to literally burn. Um, one of them in the south is a giant bird. It is supposedly the size of a castle. And its wingspan can cover the entirety of Omog, which is why it's able to flap its wings and literally cause winds to spread across the world. Um, one of them is a giant tortoise, and the other one is a giant wolf. And the giant tortoise is the one of the sea, and the giant wolf is the one of the earth. That'd be kind of dope to bump into them, though. Oh, yeah. The thing is, yeah, they, they're able to change their shape, like all divine beasts are. Nobody knows what their other forms look like. Because either they go out and they're so well hidden that you have no fucking clue. I'm about to say, they could be, they could be walking amongst us right now. We would never know. Or, or, they just wrong. never leave their caves. Because mm -hmm. they're taken care of. Yeah. So they don't have to. I'd get bored. I'm sure they do too. Yeah. That's, um, what, that's, what, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I'd get rocks. bored. <laughs> so is, there, watch. is there any other place where they where we dare not go? On Omog, yeah. um, it is recommended not to try to break into any castle, because most of the time castles mean guards. Yeah. Um, you can't enter the first Emperor's Palace, which is in the center of Omog. It was the place where the uh, first angel fell before he be before the race of Argel came, and he built that place in a way that doesn't make sense. So, think fifth-dimensional thinking and processing power needed to walk through a 3D building. It's so convolutedly built that some laws of physics kind of twist there. Okay, so like there's if you're in I a hallway in, yeah, and the there could be like another behind a wall, there'd be a different like kind of like hidden rooms and stuff yeah. where it doesn't look like it fits, you know? So it, it shouldn't fit. Yeah, where literally dimension fit, shift. Yeah. Um, that place is also known as the Cursed Castle because when the first ruler of Omog became an Argel, he went mad. They're not sure if he's dead yet or if he's still inside. No one has even. No one about wants going. to go in because when he when he became an Argel, he lost all of his divine power, and he screamed out in pain, loud enough and powerfully enough to cause everyone in the vicinity of his town to go mad. And since his guards killed them each other and themselves trying to escape it. His citizens killed anyone who got in their way trying to escape it. And then... Then was the... When they finally came back and built the city back up... There was nothing but silence. And just the act of approaching that place causes, like, an invisible reaction. Mm. It, anxiety. It causes, like, tremors. It can literally send shivers through what... Uh, truth would call your thread because going near it it's causes that residual feeling yeah so you said he became an argil like, yeah was he before? an angel so oh, all oh. argil were originally angels he was the first angel to be sent yeah. down by a divine power to go rule over a mortal land before the god war started and when the guard war ended and all the gods were dead 
the angels lost their tie to whatever created them, which was the divine being that created them. And that made them lose all of their powers except for what they have now as Argel, which is the power of Astral Zero and the power of blinking. Originally, apparently, angels were able to teleport incredible distances, literally from one end of the world to the other, to attack Any an layers? enemy. Yeah, between layers. It was a very strange power. And when they lost it, a lot of Argel feel resentment at the time toward truth till they realized that by him taking away their immortality and those powers gave them a reason to actually live for themselves. Yeah. So beforehand, they didn't have free will. They were very much devoted only to their god. And then when their god died, they didn't know how to live for the first like two centuries. You have nothing. All of your power is gone. You had been using your power to literally trample over other races and pretty much be like, well, if you don't obey me, I'll just kill you. Yeah. And now these races are equivalent to you in power. They're like lost puppies. At, at that time, yeah, yeah, they were. And then one of them actually found truth and talked about, asked him, why would you do this to us? Why would you make us mortal? And truth responded with, because now you have a reason to live for yourself. Before, you had no reason to really live. You existed to do your God's bidding. bidding yeah. But you didn't have a reason to live. Hmm. Now, are you allowed to get, like, special permission to check out these castles? Like the castle of the first emperor? Yeah. I mean, you could try to get it, but it would require every single one of the city-state's leaders giving you permission. Because they don't know if he's still in there, and if he is, they don't want him coming out. Sarcastic, or not sarcastic, hypothetically, yeah, thank you. If you had a token, a divine token, would you... Of which god? I don't know, of, uh, whatever god could get you into there. <laughs> um, most, most gods try to avoid meddling in other divine creatures' territories. Because it's seen as disrespectful. Mm -hmm. So... So if you use it, then you're being disrespectful, but they still have to... Well, if you, you if you say you use the token, so for people who don't know, and I haven't really talked about tokens, so let's go into that real quick. Tokens are clumps of divine aura, mm -hmm. incredibly powerful objects. They can be used as a form of currency to trade for miracles with gods. But gods also understand that going against the person who owns the area that their token's being used on they can deny your right to use your token. You can be like, well, I'm going to use this. They can be like, I can't use that here. So, be But you still would yeah. be able to have it, though. You'd still have the token. Oh, okay. Because it just wouldn't yeah. go away. It's okay. because trampling on a god's authority in their territory is what started the last god war. Mm -hmm. And that was one of the rules set out by Ari as the oldest right now of the gods. She's like, we don't do this. If you're going to trample on some of these territory, you better get their permission first. Because if you don't, I have to enforce peace, and when I enforce peace, I enforce it with violence. And considering she's the oldest of the gods, she has the most knowledge of how to, like, she's watched all the other gods become gods, so she knows their weaknesses. Mm, fair enough. Plus, mm -hmm. going against her rules would be breaking a law, which would then get the Lady of Justice involved, and it's just a big mess that nobody wants to deal with. And scary lady. But, <laughs> um, and then, again, so one of the leaders in one of the territories is the Lady of Shade, and she usually gives permission for when people ask to go there. Yeah, you can go there, but I'm not responsible for what happens to you. Yeah, but then you had to get permission from, from everybody, everybody else, else. But she also because she also tells you I'm not going to force them to let you in. Yeah, 
if you do wind up getting permission from everybody, like, are they, are, are there ways to get them to give you permission, or yeah. do they just like, okay, yeah, no, I don't want you going in there. I, I'm sure that there's ways. Um, you can probably do tasks, you can do missions. Um, everyone is weak to favors. I'll do your laundry. Well, because that's one of the things, like, if you, if you talk to a merchant. Is that all it takes? If you, if you talk to a merchant, a merchant will always tell you, I don't need money to build a business. I need trust. Yeah. And the reason that that's important is because as long as he has trust, he can restart his business again, even if he doesn't have the money. Because people will invest. Yeah. Um, same thing with favors. Uh, if you have favors built up with people and then you use them to get what you want, as long as you're not doing it in a malicious way, you're showing that you trust them to understand, hey, I'm doing this for my own curiosity and maybe something you'll get in the end. I'm sure that they won't be like, well, no, I just don't want you to do it because I don't like you anymore. They'll probably be more like, I mean, I can let you do it, but whatever happens, don't get me involved. Yeah, it's not on me. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Noah, Maria. <laughs> You've asked a single question. I know. <laughs> Come on, Maria. Noah. Nope, you. I don't know. You're going to tell me you don't have any questions about the most divine place <laughs> on the overworld. I have quite a few more. Well, then you go. I'm wait, I, man, I've been I can't talking think of whole... questions on the spot. He's been talking. He's talked the most so far. I know. Other than... <laughs> Mr. Belvich. I'm so glad that someone remembered to use my real name. Brandon, you it. go. You know, Archon, you have Archon. you have Archon. your questions. I can't right, well, go. If you have questions, spot. Brandon, yeah. go ahead. All right. Time. So now, what kind of weapons are mostly used in Omog? So Omog makes some of the um, most master crafted weapons anywhere, except for maybe the trade lands. Mm -hmm. um, they do focus on single-edged curved weaponry, but not katanas. They're usually scimitars or falchions. It's very strange, but these weapons, because of their major cutting power, are very much favored because, especially the falchion being as heavy as it is, it can cleave through a lot of armor. Yeah. It can penetrate through armor and make it really easy to continue fighting. So mercenaries use that a lot. Um, some of them use crossbows because they favor the crossbow because it takes less training and has a lot more, has similar power behind it. Um, and it has a diverse range of bolts where you have to get arrowhead specially made for arrows, a bolt head can literally unscrew and rescrew on any bolt. Mm -hmm. uh, one pers one area in particular does use uh, siege weapons as a way of defense or attack. They bring them over on boats. They have ballistas. They have cannons. They use these as ways to deal major damage. Um, but... Most of the time, if you're talking about like the general populace, most of them are going to use a falchion or a scimitar. And they'll use a shield as well. Um, usually a, either a round buckler or a small round shield. Okay. So uh, I think since we have time, you want to go on to Farstead? Well, I have one question. Okay. Right. Finally. Uh, <laughs> she's allowed to I take the time. I have a question. Right um, so like, how's like, the government set up in it? Is it like 
there's one ruler overall, or so it's originally like, like little governors. Uh, so there are one ruler per territory. Each ruler has subordinates that take care of his like every day to day minor tasks, while his job is to take care of like the major major things like economics, agriculture, what's important to be redone, um, certain things that need to be changed, things that need to be talked about at the next council. And then once every about three months, all the leaders in Omog get together in one place, and it's never the same place twice to stop random attacks from other people or adventurers. They never meet in the same place twice in the same year. They just move around in different areas because there's around 75 to 80 different free states, and each free state has a ruler. And each one of these rulers has a minor territory. That's the thing about it. It's, they're minor territories. So they don't have a lot of military power. They don't have a lot of power. But when they all come together, they make decisions about the entirety of the country. They don't ever go about making decisions for just themselves. And since the first Argelian ruler, like the first angel ruler, was a cruel bastard... <laughs> They have all decided that there will never be a single ruler. We will only ever have a council of rulers, each who rule over their own city-state. And in order to create a new city-state, you have to get approval of the ones you're taking territory from. Either that, or you have to have a divine beast of equivalent power to both those territories. Is that why there's so many of them? Because they've just slowly kind of broken off yes. into smaller ones? But they, but no one ever fights it. Yeah. Because, like, if you get approval, you get approval. Plus, it's easier to manage a smaller territory than it is a larger one. Mm -hmm. um, so, a lot of rulers are like, wait, you're making my territory smaller? Sure, here you go. Mm -hmm. Because they understand, yeah, he's taking this small bit of territory, but at the same time, we're all working together to better our citizens' lives. Yeah. And the nobility of Omong is very much noblesse oblige. The people in power have to do what's right for the people without it. They very much care about their citizens and care less about what's going to happen to themselves. So they show a major level of respect to their citizens. And yes, they expect their citizens to show them respect. Back, yeah. But they don't ever show a level of respect or disrespect to their citizens that they wouldn't expect their citizens to show to them. Yeah. They're very much a respectful, honorable culture. Kind of like do It's like the golden others. rule. Yeah. And they're very, very, and because of how many of there are, if a single city-state gets uppity and starts treating its citizens wrong, they'll just erase it and give its territory to different ones in now, the area. is there a certain way that maybe, like, in gameplay, like, if one of us could come and get a territory? If you or... are able to build up enough people to want you as a leader, get a divine beast to swear to become the protector of the land that you're going to get, and find the... Yours is a sacred beast, not a divine beast. I know. <laughs> but get a... Um, sorry, she held up a representation that she holds as her bunny every time we play. But, um... And then find a way to get brought into the fold of those, like the city-state's leaders, for you to get, like, hey, I want to create my city-state. I understand I'm taking territory from this place and this place and this place. Do you guys mind if I take it over so I can show you my management skills so I can make the place better for the people? 90% of the time, they're going to say sure. But if you show that you have a severe lack of trust between you and your citizens or that you're a cruel ruler to your citizens, they will wipe you out. They have 
the rest of the country to come and attack a single city-state full of mercenaries mm -hmm. who doesn't care about you. They only really care about making sure that their citizens are fine. Um, which is why there hasn't been a single tyrant ruler that has lasted more than a week in Omog on any of the city-states. Because every time there becomes one, he starts showing his tyrant colors and disrespecting or damaging property of the citizens. The rest of Omog goes, no, no, no. And then attacks. He gets wiped out. His land is separated back into the city-states that it came from, and they go, now next time make sure this doesn't happen. Yeah. And then they go back to their homes. That'd be pretty cool, though, have a little little town full of mercenaries. They help the entire you. country is filled uh, well, with mercenaries. Well, I mean, your, yeah. yours specifically, <laughs> yeah. you know, like that... Uh, because then you could actually have some help, more help with, because they're more <laughs> mercenaries, so. Yeah. Um, so, how they're different, like, rulers over specific areas, uh, what happens if one of them dies? Is it, like, taken on by the sun or something like actually, that? Actually, no. So, say a ruler dies of natural causes, it is up to his vassals to vote in a new lord. So, it's like a democracy. Yeah, of. you don't get a choice. And when I say vassals, like, the citizens, like, the lower tier, the peasant, I guess, class, they don't care who rules over them as long as they understand the rules. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, the vassals want to pick somebody who's the same level of competency as their last ruler. Like, mm -hmm. all right, we need somebody who's good at all these things and can still focus on maintaining military, maintaining budget, maintaining treasury. And then they'll vote him in. If he becomes something that's like a tyrant then it's considered the vassals have failed their job. He is failing his job. He gets wiped out. The vassals get separated and sent back to their own countries. Um, they don't yeah. get to claim, hey, can we just vote in a new ruler? No, you've already failed your job. Yeah. Even if it wasn't their fault? If they voted him in, it is, it is, it is their fault. That's how Omog thinks. You voted in this man who became a tyrant, attacked his people, or showed complete distrust toward his people. You don't You get that. failed your yeah. job. You, you don't, don't get a second chance. That is true. But do those same people get to vote if one of their other ones? No, died? actually, they're not allowed to vote for two generations. Oof. So vassals, when a vassal leader dies, like a vassal dies, uh -huh. it is up to the people to appoint a new vassal. Not not the leader of their territory. Yeah. It is up to the people to appoint somebody who they believe will be good in that position. Um, so after four generations of vassals, only then are you allowed as a vassal of that territory to vote again. Oh. Because they have to allow enough time for your, like, that person's politi political views mm -hmm. to fade out for it to be replaced with somebody who has a completely different view yeah, so, so they can be trusted again. Mm -hmm. <coughs> I thought you were about to sneeze. I was going to scream tight and then I noticed that your mouth opened instead of your hand covering your face. <laughs> I also turned off the mic, too. <laughs> Alright, so... Run. Yeah. So that's the poli political situation in Omak. It's a very, very, very... And the worst part is, it is one of the best-run countries in the entirety of, of the world. layered world. Not oh, just, oh, just layers. the entirety yeah. of all of the layers. Because it shows respect to the people. It shows respect to each other. Like, there are personal, personal quarrels between people. Don't get me wrong, some leaders do want to fight others, but they understand that when it comes to their citizens, they'd rather do a personal duel, kill off one or the other, 
and let their people appoint a new leader than bring their people into an all-out war. Yeah. Because <laughs> Go do- get this territory for me. <laughs> exactly. Because they know that by doing so, it's seen as a tyrant reaction, and that's not okay. Yeah. So it's one of the best governed countries in all of the layers. Don't be power hungry. Oh, we pow- the- you're allowed to be don't power be hungry. Just don't be an asshole about that it. That one. <laughs> don't be a power hungry asshole. You can be power hungry and show, like, respect. Yeah. You just can't be power hungry and be like, I'm Rude. in charge. You can't beat you can't beat me, I'm God. Yeah. And then cause there are divine beasts who have come down and literally eaten the leaders and returned the territory themselves. Like haven't even let the country take care of it. They just know and then just ate yeah. them. I don't like They this said, person. nah, I changed my mind. I changed my mind, you're kind of a dick. <laughs> <laughs> and then Aminam and then move on. Thumbs. <laughs> Dum 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 dum. Nice. Very nice. I just picture my bunny just nibbling on somebody's toes, just like <laughs> I don't like you. <laughs> I probably do well, a lot worse. Sa- <laughs> well, the thing about sacred beasts and divine beasts is, sacred beasts understand that if they can't beat you in size, they can beat you in power. They have the magic ability to literally just annihilate most people. Just like oh. You thought that was a good idea? That wasn't a good idea. I'll show you why that wasn't a good idea. Yeah. So you all wanted to talk about Farstead next? Yeah, yeah might as well. Are you guys sure you want to talk about Farstead? Why not? I why? mean, it is like the worst place you can go on I the overworld. Well, if they've been listening we're in far, uh, to our <laughs> gameplay, <laughs> we're in Farstead, so might as well get fair, to know. Fair enough, fair enough. I mean, we're going to have to redo that entire session, but yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I apologize again for the third time. It was much worse than I thought. It literally cut out a good like half an hour of audio. Yeah, we but we still did a little bit of adventure. So we're gonna fix that. We're just gonna replay that entire session. I'm gonna leave that up as a blooper reel on what not to do when you forget to plug in your mics. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you could technically still kind of hear. But it did cut out. Of it. it did cut out when we were talking. <laughs> he was quiet. Here. Yeah. yeah so. You could only hear that isn't Archon here. Well, we're plugged in the computer this time. I yeah. see it right here with my own eyes. So. Yeah, you can see that it's actually functioning yeah. correctly. Uh, yeah. I'm actually going to go through and I'm going to make sure that the mics are turned down a little. I try to keep the mics on the computer set to about three quarters to a half. And then I use the modulation. Uh, on my uh did you stop this turner no it tried to stop itself yeah i turned it down a little bit further than i wanted to that time sorry guys it probably sound like i'm whispering right now but yeah so i use the mics about halfway up to try to control how the sound sounds so it's not <laughs> to you guys because like that it can really get really loud if we don't um these mics are not the best they pick up background noise and I know that, but right now I don't have the money to go and buy the best mics I want to get, which are the Rhodes Wireless Pro 2 at GoTo, and I will eventually get the money for those, trust me, and they will be much, much better. But until then, please put up with it. And again, if you're listening, German man, I appreciate the fact that I have I have an international listener. Yeah, that's pretty fun. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty dope. And, uh, um, anyway, yeah, we do want to talk about Farstead. All right, well, what questions you got about Farstead? Lots. Why is it bad? Well, <laughs> Farstead is the country where slavery <laughs> was found again. Farstead is a mountainous region with very little resources other than mineral resources. 
Um, and ruins. And ruins. <laughs> well, it has a lot of ruins. That's the problem. Is Farstead being the mountainous region is filled to the brim with ancient ruins that are tied to different civilizations, some of which are unknown. And one of these ancient civilizations was the ancient civilization of the tyrant dragon king of the overworld mm. who created slave magic. Damn, could you imagine creating a magic and then using it for shit-ass things? And then losing it? I mean, he lost, but at the same time, in order to lose, they had to kill him, which killed 62% of the overworld's population. Because they were all marked, weren't they? They were all when, enslaved to him. Because when the person that enslaves them dies, they die too, from what I've, I've yep. understood. It took several hundred years for that dragon to find a way to create slave magic that didn't somehow bind him to his slaves. He was also the only known person to un be able to undo slave magic. Even Farsight doesn't know how to completely undo it. They know how to make the slave become his own master, uh -huh. but they don't know how to completely erase slave magic like he could. So they're a slave to themselves. Yeah. Yep. So <laughs> if they say, if they, like, for instance, I'm sure that some, every one of us at one point in time is like, I should get up and do something. Well, if they say that, they have to. <laughs> get up or you burn. Why? Because <laughs> I said so. <laughs> <laughs> Literally in that voice, too. <laughs> so it's like, so, yeah, I mean, being a freed slave is great and all, but at the same time, you got to be careful of your own wording. Yeah. Because the word's like, I would rather die than do this. If you do it, you'll die. <laughs> yeah. So you he goes, very careful I would kill wording. to have one of those. <laughs> That'd be terrible. <laughs> yeah, it's a really, it's a really shitty existence. Uh, so that's one of the reasons why Farstead is the worst. The other reason is the king, current king of Farstead is a moron. And I say that with the utmost affection, as he is one of my creations. Um, he is legitimately politically inept. Has no idea how to run a country. Has done nothing except for to try to win a war that ended several hundred years ago. Because he feels like he was personally slighted by a history book. <laughs> okay. So he's like... Like a jock that has way too big of an ego, but he has no clue what's going on. Exactly. <laughs> that is like, a very... He's like, I know how to do this. I'm doing such a good job. And it's just not... It's like the whole <laughs> the town's, town's on, fire. on fire. And he's just <laughs> like, fine. This, this is, is fine. fine. Yeah. This is fine. It's, and yet... I'm doing a great still job. still standing. That's The funny good. thing is, his wife was is just as inept. And yet, their daughter is a genius at political maneuvering. Sometimes the brain well, cells skip then, a generation or two. There you go. <laughs> well, it also skipped her brother because her older brother, the prince, is just as bad. <laughs> so um, definitely skips. So three out of four ain't bad. Yeah. But, <laughs> Wait. So <laughs> the princess is actually a genius, and when I say genius, I mean she has found a way to make it so Farstead, the place that invented, reinvented slavery and reinstituted it, mm -hmm. has given slaves rights. So people can't uh, just kill them outright anymore. They have to have a good reason. And a trial or something? Yeah, it's like one of, it, she's not only done that, most of her attendance she calls her slavering, when in reality she's given them the ability to make their own decisions by saying, do what you think is best as their order. Yeah. And because of this, it has shown like a complete like understanding and trust between her and her group. Um, 
a lot of people think that she's easy to manipulate because she seems to be making friends with slaves. So a lot of the, like, noblemen are like, oh, yeah, we'll just push her as the next king and we'll try and make her the next, like, queen so we can actually control the country and she has no say. They don't realize it's her plan the entire time. Yeah. <laughs> she's literally acting she's the playing f- dumb till she gets the part. There. She's yeah. playing the fool to let them make her the crown princess so she can go and dissolve the nobility and reinstitute a whole bunch of rules and laws that should have been in place the entire time. And then they're just like, fuck. (laughs) And her brother, the crown prince, is a battle maniac. Like, he wants a war more than anybody else. Has gone to different countries to try to get kidnapped to start a war so he can fight in one. Okay. Because he wants a battle because he feels like the only way to become the next ruler of Farstead over what the nobility want his sister to be is by making it seem like he's the only one competent enough to run an entire war situation against Cruz. He's a moron. He doesn't understand by doing this he's showing the nobles he can't be trusted with the financial institutions of the country. Yeah. So we have the king who can't be trusted to do anything worthwhile. The queen who is indulging in luxury and only cares about luxury items. The prince who wants to start a war that the country can't support. And the princess who's acting the fool so she can take over. That is smart. She's literally the definition of I'm surrounded by idiots. Yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't literally. help. In her own home. <laughs> it doesn't help. Like she, she does love her father. She does love her mother. She does love her brother. But she wants him to understand. And she used to not act the fool. She used to try to talk up and speak, but she was told by her, uh, one of her nannies at the time, a slave who used to actually be a political figure over in Salem, mm-hmm. that... Another bad place. <laughs> well, yes, for us. Not nearly as, <laughs> for men. Not for not me, nearly as bad for, for the, the nanny. The nanny's words were, if you want political power, you have to sit quietly and listen. Because by listening, only then do you understand how dumb the people around you are and how to use them to your benefit. Yeah. And the only reason that the nanny was captured was because her guards sold her. Because they were sick and tired of the fact that she was able to do things they weren't. Yeah. Jealousy is a cruel thing. Jealousy is one of the worst things to have to deal with. You are correct. So what's the... uh, uh, population like i mean like race wise so farstead is very much human supremacist um they believe that all of the races are below humanity it sounds like somebody we know what are you talking about he's How? dead uh, okay but um hitler yeah he was very, he was very yeah he's very much a human supremacist uh the entirety of the population down to the peasants believe that humans are the better race. Oh, no. Um, pe- <laughs> here's the thing, though. Well, there goes our German viewer. No, I'm just kidding. Well, here's the thing about that entire situation. <laughs> yeah, the peasants believe that the humans are suprem- like the supreme race, but they don't realize that more people are slaves in that country than not. More humans are slaves in that country than are not human. And the reason is because... The nobility doesn't actually care what race you are. They're just saying that they're human supremacists to get clout with the king. Mm-hmm. And then if you slight them in the slightest, they're going to use that as an attack to take your possessions and take you as a possession. How fun. The nobility in Farstead is the worst. Literally, if you are a young woman who just happens to enter the town that is ruled by a noble who's a pervert and he wants to sleep with you, if you tell him no, 
He can literally use his political power to make your life hell until your family's in such amount of debt that they either sell you or he can take over all of your family possessions and then eventually take you as a possession and then you don't get a choice. Oh, shit. I'd just go, oh, hey, and then kill him. <laughs> oh, hey. <laughs> hey, go, hey. Look, but you see the problem. Like, yeah. The, that's why I say no, Farset is the worst place on the overworld. Because mm -hmm. if you are not nobility, you're thing. nothing. Yeah, it's hard. It, like you were telling uh, in the last podcast, talking about how if you do something there, they take the credit for it and some shit. If like you that. are a peasant, like in the military, mm -hmm. and you do an amazing feat, no one will know it was you. And because of the way that the policies states and like the way the laws work, if you slight a noble by tainting his honor by calling him a liar, he can kill you. So if a noble goes. Oh, no, I slayed that guy. I slayed the leader of the general army. I know I was all the way back at the encampment, but that was my arrow. And you have the gall to say, but I was right there. I'm the one that cut off his head. You've now slated the nobleman. He can have you murdered. Well, if, if you murder you him proof? first? Well, that's the problem is, even if you have proof, he can literally order you to give it to him because he's your superior in the military. And to answer your question about what if you kill him first, how? He's a noble. He's surrounded by guards who are probably better trained than you are. Ah, sneak attacks, man. Yeah, but some of his guards are probably elite assassins. So you go, you go to sneak attack, and all of a sudden you have a knife in your neck. Hey, hold this for me. <laughs> exactly. Like, oh, you go to hand... Oh, uh, wait, never mind. It would probably be one of his guards collecting the proof. Yeah, that's the thing about it is it's all about how you play the game, which is why, again, the princess is following her Ooh. nanny's advice because her nanny's helping her get political power. So if you had the proof and you didn't tell him you had proof and you gave the proof to the higher higher up, then what? Well, that depends on the situation. It depends on who you're doing that to. So, like you're going over his head. Well, basically. let's say you go to the king and you do that. Let's say you go in the person who's not even an earl rank, so he's lower ranked nobility. is trying to take your, like, take your achievement and then you prove him wrong. If the king likes you and you're a personable person, he might just replace the earl with your family. <laughs> the earl is now your slave because he tried to take your achievement, and you are now the new earl. He said, thanks for tattling. But <laughs> if you try that with a duke or, or someone of equivalent rank to a duke, like a marquis, who was literally tied directly to the royal bloodline, mm -hmm. then you've slighted the king. What do you mean? Because you're throwing mud on the family of the kingdom, the royalty. You're throwing mud oh, in the it, face of the king. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's probably going to tell you you stole the proof. You're a rat. You're probably a spy. And then he'll have you executed and then your family enslaved. So it all depends on who you're doing it to. Yeah. It's In Farstead, it is far smarter to play the fool until you know who you're dealing with than it mm -hmm. is to try to be the outshone one. Yeah. Yeah. Now, that is, the whole place is a place that I wouldn't want to go to, but you know, I was going to ask, what's the worst place there? The city of Moonlight. Why? So the city of Moonlight is also known as the city of slaves. So it's always twilight there, because the mountain ranges have literally made it so you have no light natural light entering the city. 
It is a place where slaves who are new, who still have a will to fight back, are brought to be broken. Wait, like, oh, they're, wait, okay. Like, literally, slaves who don't know when not to talk. Or their place, so mm -hmm. call, so say, yeah. They are brought there. So the people who live in this city are vile torturers and usually slave captures or slave makers. And then they bring back slaves and they break them and sell them. It's one of the richest cities in Farstead. But the leader there has a treaty with the king saying he doesn't have to pay taxes for over 200 years. So the kingdom can't even collect taxes on the slaves that they buy from this place. Yet. Yet. But that's because, again, the king who runs Farstead right now is a fucking moron. Yeah. But, so, they bring slaves in, they break them mentally, and in if they need to, break them physically to the point where they can't do anything, to break their mentality so they can't do anything. Fight back, yeah. Yep. So, a lot of POWs, prisoners of war, are brought in and turned into slaves. So, you have these uber-muscular, super-powerful fighters who... They're not going to take orders. Yeah, they'll feel a little bit of pain, but that's not going to bother them much. It's going to bother them when their arms and legs are broken to the point where it can't be used again until their mind is broken enough where their body is healed so they can be used for whatever slave task they're being given. Mm -hmm. It's a horrible, horrible place, and it is the one place in that country where you can go and they have a mine that you mine nothing in. That's one of their torture centers is they send you into the mine with a pickaxe until you're not allowed to come out until you find a gemstone. <laughs> That's stupid. You just have a rock so, in your pocket. So if you Woo! were able to, all right, let's just say uh, hypothetically we went there and uh, since we're like in our gameplay, we were there. Yeah. Oh, we could just go there and buy a slave basically. Yeah, as long as you have the money for it. And rip saying you're allowed to own a slave because usually only nobility is allowed to own a slave. Oh, okay. How are, also, you, how are you pertain one? By gaining a favor? Or? I mean, if you're, uh, especially since most of my, uh, all of my party is non-human, able to get a, if you want a writ to own a slave, you're going to have to do a fuck ton of work. Because they don't like to give them out to non-humans. Because how dare a beast race, which is what they call all other races... Even if oh yeah, we, yeah, none of us are human. <laughs> yep. How dare a beastly race want to control what could be a human? But if you were able to get one, because it's possible, I'm not gonna say it's not. It's very possible. possible. The difficult, the difficulty would be difficult, but not impossible. So if you get one, you would just have to go there and have enough money to buy one. And each in slaves there are separated into different types. From manservant slave, sex slave, um, worker slave, combat slave, um, cooking. That that would be under servant oh. purview. Uh, but each one is literally mentally broken to only doing that task, to the point where if you ask them to do a different task, they don't know what to do. Are you able to like help that brokenness if you or to pertain one? An oniomancer who spends entire like an entire year going through and fixing their mentality while they sleep is able to do so. But that doesn't get rid of the trauma. No. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't imagine it would. Um, because it, it becomes a phobia for them. The phobia of the nightless city. I mean, the dayless city. Going back there would cause them enough trauma that it could actually kill them by sending them into shock. Like, 
That's why people who go there to buy slaves to have them set free realize the problem is if they ever get captured again and brought back, they'll die. They'll die, yeah. Why would you go and just get yourself caught? Not once, but twice! <laughs> the real question is, how do they keep capturing people in different territories and nobody's doing anything about it? The answer in that one lies, people are getting paid off. Yeah, with of money course. that Farstead doesn't have. Yeah. Because that city has enough money to keep paying off nobles in different countries. Except for Cruz, obviously, because Cruz doesn't take kindly to that. Cruz mm -hmm. is like, yeah, no. That's you why they want that But that's the war. best you can do. Yep. Um, what are the rules like? In Farstead? Strict. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, so, there are laws. But the laws only protect you depending on how high your social position is. So as a peasant with nothing besides your home in your own name, anyone of a slightly higher position, like a landowner or a business owner, can come in and take it from you. And as long as he's paid the person who's in charge of the laws of the city, you're in the wrong for how dare you own that house. Mm. It's a very fucked up, very bad place to live. Yeah. It's the most corrupt country in all of the layers. So you say there's a chance of, if you're just traveling through, you could get kidnapped yourselves. And... Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Uh, the ritual to make someone into a slave is not instantaneous. They can't well, have yeah, it I figured set. that. Yeah. So it takes a long time. It takes several days to put a slave mark on somebody. And here's the thing. In order for the slave mark to be effective, the person who's being marked has to be conscious. And it causes enough pain that they usually pass out. So you have to do it. Wait for them to wake up, do it, wait for them to wake up, and continue to do it only when they're awake. Oof. Just fake sleep. <laughs> the problem is, yeah, you can fake sleep, but if they break your toe, they're, you're going to know that you're awake. And you just, don't just crack. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he's awake. Starts carving into, yeah. But, so, As soon you as he touches to, you, pass out again. <laughs> it, it is, it is illegal. Illegal for you to fight back against slave makers, but at the same time, if you are part of the Adventurers Guild or the Hunters House, Farstead knows better than to mess with either of those two organizations. So we're safe. Good. <laughs> because the Adventurers Guild can literally pull out all funding, and Farstead would crumble within a couple of days. Yeah. Because the Adventurers Guild is the highest paid guild in all of the layers. And if the Adventurers Guild goes, well, if you're going to start taking our people we're not going to work here anymore, and then just pull out everything, all of that money that Farstead was gaining from them by increasing their taxes on the land that they're renting is gone. Yeah, and then that's when they could come back in and take over all the land. Be like, well, you see, we'll come in again, but you're going to sign this piece of paper stating that if any of our people are made slaves again, you're liable to pay us quadruple what we have given you in taxes in the last five years. Well. And Farstead would crumble because they don't have the money for that. The Hunter's House, they don't want to mess with because they're the monster hunters. Yeah, they, just, and, they can wipe them all out. <laughs> um, as good as the soldiers are in Farstead, the, the Hunter's House has that elite group of assassins from the second layer on call. The, the people with the golden eyes. If they come up, Farstead's kingdom is fucked. Yeah. Because they'll be wiped like they're like all the royalty will be gone. There won't be anyone left. Yeah. Because I don't care how good of a combatant you are, if you don't see it coming, you die. 
It's one of the reasons. Just put the ground to the floor, or your ear to the ground. <laughs> the ground to the floor. Yeah, the ground to the floor. You gotta be, and that's the thing about it, like, everyone's like, oh, well, we can do this. Well, we're not worried about that. You should be. Farstead knows better, because, again, Farstead was the country who started the, we're gonna steal a core from the third world layer, what are they gonna do about it? And then, the Atomodos said, give it back or we're going to annihilate your entire kingdom. And Farstead said, Nah, fam. <laughs> and then got fucked up. Yeah. And then they got given 24 hours to return the core or they were going to start marching. And then the Farstead princess is like, maybe we should give it back because mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. And the king's like, you know what? You're right. And then handed it to her. You go give it back. <laughs> <laughs> well. It works, it works. Yeah. Like, there are reasons that Farstead is a horrible place to live. Horrible place. Name some more. <laughs> yeah. It, it makes you go, oh, I have to go to Farstead. Fuck, I have to go to Farstead. <laughs> yeah. Well, we don't have to worry about that, thankfully. But, yeah, name some more then. So, Farstead's mountainous region is the worst to live in. Because Farstead doesn't have flat land. At all. Except for a very small plot of land on the outskirts that they have literally mined out the mountains to make flat enough that they can see enemies approaching. Because when Farstead lost a major part of its country to Cruz, it lost all of its farmland. So the people in Farstead, the peasantry, are told to, mo are told to farm on fake farms dug into the side of the mountains in hopes that it'll grow something, mm -hmm. but it's in the side of a cold-ass mountain range mm -hmm. with barely any sunlight. And entire families have been wiped out because they started producing, and then because of weather or something, wiped out the crops. How dare you let the crops get wiped? That was military provisions. You've just fucked the military. We're putting you on trial for treason. Yeah. That's fucked. So... The the, the mountainous <laughs> ranges are icy cold. The armors in Farstead, if you are wearing metal armor in Farstead, you're going to wish you weren't. Because it is so cold there mm -hmm. that it literally absorbs heat from it so fast that soldiers in Farstead, the most they will wear is thick leather, leather with yeah. furs underneath to try to stay warm. If they have to wear the metal armor, they're wearing three or four layers of fur between them and the armor to stop them from freezing mm -hmm. to death. Mm -hmm. um, the royal knights all have to wear metal armor because it's a show of force. And before that rule was removed, before the rule where you must only wear your metal armor, you can't wear furs, was removed, hundreds of people were dying as a royal guard every year. Naturally. Because they were freezing to death yeah. in the palaces. <laughs> and that's the thing. It's not a problem until somebody else in the in a higher position than no, the front guards yeah. has to deal with it. And the only reason that law changed was the king was challenged to a duel by an outside force like two generations ago. And he put on his metal armor and realized how fucking cold it gets. <laughs> Because he was fighting in his palace, and the person came in wearing just leathers and furs, and he started laughing, put on his metal armor, started fighting, and then started losing because his body was literally freezing and shivering so much he couldn't move right. Yeah. So when he finally lost, 
and had to pay out the fine, whatever it was that he was challenged to a duel for, he changed that law for safety reasons. Any more questions about Farstead? Well, I usually do, but I don't... <laughs> Maria? Yeah, do they have any sacred beasts themselves? Besides the Arslan bunnies, no. And the Arslan's bunnies live on their own little mountaintop where nobody goes and approaches because they usually kill people on sight. <laughs> nice. Almost because the, it's almost like the humans um, Suck. have attacked them repeatedly to try to claim them as their weapons of mass destruction only to get wrecked the shit out of by their advanced magic. Well, okay. I'm a mother. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what other creatures are there? Like in... Forested. That's the thing. First, it's a mountainous region, so you're not going to find, like, the cattle or, like, a lot of wolves or anything. But there are goats. There are a lot of goats. Um, screams all around. Adderhawks live in the mountains of Farstead. Uh, I like it. And Adderhawks are giant giant birds. Um, highly intelligent giant, giant birds at that. Magical giant birds. Actually, they're not. They're just normal beasts. They're just very intelligent for what they are. They can have magical properties. They also can, some of them can cast magic. Yeah. Um, there are several different types of hunter animals, but the worst ones would be uh, pullets, which are like giant rats that burrow through stone and steal livestock or people. They've been known to kidnap and eat children. Very nice. It's their small it's cattle. Kids. It's their small cattle. Well, if you're not afraid and you have the money to it, why not try to eat the child? Extra flavoring, right? Yeah. Any other questions? Ways is fancy. Ruins. How many are estimated to be here? So, Farstead is believed to be the ru uh, sit on top of the ruins of several hundred lost civilizations. Oh, jeez. So. They just suck. The problem is, because of the mountains, each one of these civilizations is really hard to find. And if you do find one, you're supposed to report it to the government. Or if you work for the Adventurers Guild, report it to the Adventurers Guild. Because the government doesn't really, is technically not supposed to have jurisdiction over Lost civilizations that's supposed to be the purview of the Hunter's Guild. I mean, the Adventurer's Guild, but they don't... But Farstead's government doesn't care. If they get to it first, they're just going to claim everything in it. And unlike the Adventurer's Guild, who try to preserve ancient ruins so they can learn about them, Farstead's government ransacks them for whatever treasures they can find. And you literally you throws a wave after wave of peasant and slave into it. So all the traps and whatnot are set off so they don't have to worry about it as the rich go marching forward to collect so the rich get richer and the poor get deader. Yeah. Well, I think that would be a good place to stop for today, though. Everybody agree with that? Because yeah. I know Noah has to go 